Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I want you to grab your Bible tonight. I would like you to go to Matthew chapter 1 for the next few moments. I want to speak to you tonight about the awe and the wonder. The awe and the wonder of Christmas. Where this message began, Cody, thank you so much. Yeah. Don't you appreciate Cody and the worship team? Where this message began this week was really, um, it came out of a song um, that Amanda Cook wrote. How many of you know who Amanda Cook is from Bethel Church in Reading? She wrote this powerful song several years ago, and it's called Wonder. The song is called Wonder. If you're not familiar with it, I just, I ask you really, just throw it in your notes, write yourself a little note, a text to yourself. Look up the song Wonder by Amanda Cook. It'll be a gift to you tonight. It'll be a blessing. You want to download it. Don't download it while I'm preaching it. Don't. I'm teasing. But make sure, <laughs> make sure you get the song. It's called Wonder. It's a powerful, powerful song. And some of the lyrics is this, right out of the chorus. She says this. She says, may we never lose our wonder. Listen to these words. May we never lose our wonder. May we never lose our wonder, wide-eyed and mystified. One of our ladies in the church prayed that when we were in the prayer room tonight, that we would be mystified, mystified by God's presence. That's such a powerful prayer. But Amanda Cook wrote these words. She said, may we, may we never lose our wonder. May we be wide-eyed and mystified. May, may we be like a child staring at the beauty of our king. Isn't that good? She goes on. She says, because you are so beautiful in all of your ways, king of kings. You are beautiful in all of your ways. You fascinate me. You fascinate us with your love. You are beautiful and glorious. As we dive into this message tonight, I pray that the spirit of revelation hits you. I pray that the Holy Spirit even far exceeds what I'm able to articulate in the natural. We really need a fresh revelation of wonder and awe of Jesus this Christmas. We all have been through a lot this year. Hello. We have been through a lot in the last two years. And the Lord wants to pour out a revelation of himself afresh upon each of us. Lord, I pray tonight as we just dive into the word that the spirit of revelation will hit this house. And Lord, it'll flow even out of this place, even through the Internet to those that I don't know where they're at, but you do, Lord. You, you know who is bonded to us and into this meeting tonight. And I pray, Lord, that your river will flow. What has been already declared so many times tonight, that your river will flow out of this house and it'll refresh and it'll strengthen and nourish the people of God. I declare this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I think I want to start here before we begin to read tonight's passages together. I think I want to start with this, um, the most amazing historical fact. And I, I want to encourage you to take some notes tonight. Would you do that? I want to encourage you in that. 
I think this is very important that we recognize that the world actually marks time by the birth of Jesus. Isn't that absolutely awesome? The, the entire world, not just America, you go throughout the nations of the earth, they literally mark time historically according to Christmas. All of our history books mark the time. Of course, B.C. What does B.C. mean? It means before Christ, right. Then we move into A.D. How many of you know that A.D. does not mean after death? How many of you know that too? It means Anno Domini, and it's the Latin words that mean in the year of our Lord. And that's powerful to think about, that history is literally marked by the birthing of Christ and then moving into the advent of the year of our Lord, that we are in the 2021st year of the year of our Lord. That's a powerful declaration. Regardless of what the idiots in, in Washington, D.C. are doing and ambushing, we are still in the year of our Lord. Regardless of who is trying to ambush the very prophetic destiny in the soul of our country, we're in the year of our Lord. That means you're in the year of the favor of the Lord. Somebody needs to shout, I'm still in favor. Somebody just caught that. I'm still in favor. That's good. That's good. Christmas is not a, just a time of, of great gifts. And how many of you like getting great gifts? It's not just a time. And I love it all. I, I love the family meals. I love the gifts. I love the trees. I love the lights. My wife and I pray all the time. We thank God for the Benderson family right here in Sarasota that light up the UTC. It's magnificent. We, we love to walk through it, and we love the increase of it. It's just, it just goes on and on and on, and it's getting bigger and bigger, and we're loving it. How many of you are loving the lights? It's, it's fabulous. And I mean that. We pray blessings on the Benderson family and encounters with the Lord on the Benderson family that's just created the, the whole UTC village. But I believe it's important that we stop and recognize just the power and the awe and the wonder of Christmas again. We're going to enjoy nice meals as family. We're going to enjoy nice gifts with friends. We're going to open up gifts. We're going to open up cards. We're, we're going to enjoy letters. It's going to be a wonderful time. I love it all. But Christmas is about truly the miracle of Jesus and the wonder of Jesus. And it's the wonder of a loving father who was willing to give all that he had. And all that he had is in the consummation of his son, Jesus Christ. When we think about the Father, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's beautiful. You can say amen right there. Not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We have to go back to this, this epic revelation that Jesus was all that heaven had to offer. Jesus is the consummation of the ultimate gift of the Father. It's not Jesus and anything else. All that the Father had to give is found in Jesus. 
In fact, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Wow. Powerful. I'm in Matthew 1. Are you there tonight? Are you with me? Matthew 1. Let's begin to read in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as followed. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, and we know that means before they were joined together in intimacy, in romance, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man or a principled man, not wanting to make her a public example, he was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Those are some of the most powerful, powerful words in all of the scriptures. For that which is conceived in her is what? Let's say it together. It is of the Holy Spirit. Say it again. It is of the Holy Spirit. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. We can never get away from this revelation of Christmas. That Christmas is all about the declaration of salvation. This is what it's about. The redemption and the salvation of humanity coming through the miracle of a son that would be given by God. Glory to God. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. This is Isaiah. Behold, a virgin will be with child. Wow. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Powerful. I want to give you some of the backstory again if you're taking some notes. I want to give you some backstory concerning Isaiah. About 800 years, actually to be exact, 740 years before Jesus would be born, Isaiah comes on the scene and he comes on the scene with a word to King Ahaz. King Ahaz is the king over Judah. Now this, this is powerful. Stay with me. The scripture says, and we'll go in a moment, that Judah was about to be besieged. And we don't normally use the word besieged because the, the nation of Syria, not Assyria, and you're going to see the difference in a moment. Perhaps you know it already. But Syria was coming in to attack Judah, the region of Judah. And Ahaz is the king now of Judah. All right? So Isaiah goes to him. He goes to, a to Ahaz. Now, this is important to know, Ahaz was never a godly king. He never feared the Lord. He was not a godly king. Grab hold of this tonight. Isaiah tells King Ahaz, don't worry about what is coming. Don't worry about the Syrians coming. Don't worry about this attack. Nothing is going to come of it. Let your mind be at ease. Let your mind be at peace. Nothing is going to come to, I will say it like this, of the war and the rumor of war that is right at your doorstep. Don't let it rile you, Ahaz. Don't let it get into your system. Have faith in God. Are you with me? Are you with me? 
Unfortunately, we, if you know the story, Ahaz, he doesn't believe the prophet Isaiah. He doesn't believe the word. And the reason that Ahaz, the king of Judah, doesn't believe the word of the Lord is because he's doing a backdoor deal with the nation of Assyria. He's watching out after himself. I hope you're hearing me prophetically. He's watching out after himself. He's not even caring about the people of Israel or the house of David or the house of Judah. He's making a whole other deal behind closed doors. Now, God wasn't surprised by it. Come on, do I need to run on these chairs and knock tonight? God wasn't surprised. And what's interesting is Isaiah's prophesying to Ahaz, and unknowingly, he falls into the breath of God and the word of the Lord concerning a virgin that's going to bring forth the Messiah. This is epic in nature, guys. you got to grab hold of this. And now I'm in Isaiah chapter 7. Put it in your notes tonight. It's behind me. Isaiah 7, I'm beginning... Let's pick it up in verse 10. Moreover, the Lord spoke to Ahaz saying, ask for a sign for yourself from the Lord God. Ask for a sign. Ask and it will in it in neither in either depth or height above. Ahaz says, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Now that's interesting. You want to highlight that because Ahaz, it sounds like he's It sounds like he's really giving a spiritual answer, like, well, there's no way I'm going to test the Lord. But actually, that's not what's happening at all. Ahaz doesn't want anything to to do with the word because he didn't want to trust God. Now, this is a big point. Grab a hold of this tonight. Because if you get a word from God, hello, it means that you have to be responsible with that word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you get a word from God, it means you have to take ownership and responsibility for it. And God will judge you and God will weigh you out whether you believed his word. He's watching over his word to perform it. And he's wondering who's going to believe my word and watch that word and enter into that word and birth that word and push that word to its fulfillment. Grab a hold of this. Ahaz, he didn't want to just test the Lord. He didn't want anything to do with the word because he knew the responsibility was going to rest upon him. Verse 13, are you still with me? All right, there you are. I believe it. And then he said, hear now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But you will weary God also. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Powerful. Here's the word of the Lord. God declaring salvation. God declaring redemption, favor. How was it going to come? A sign's going to break forth. A virgin is going to conceive and bear forth a son. His name is going to be called Emmanuel. And what does that mean? It means God with us. Emmanuel, say it with me. God with us. Say it again. God with us. Now, here's something to think about. And I think all of you have your thinking caps on tonight. Demu, I see you got your thinking cap on. I like it. Here's something I want you to think about. Let me ask you this question. Let me just cue it up for you to kind of help tonight. 
how was this sign that Isaiah tells Ahaz about to the house of David, how was that going to help Ahaz 740 years before Jesus would be born from Mary? Y'all got your thinking caps on? Let me tell you why, and I want you to write it down. Because this sign is a sign for every generation of believers. Now, we're going somewhere tonight. You strap in. This is a sign for every generation of believers. you got to grab hold of this. What I want to give you some <laughs> Brian Gibbs paraphrase tonight. What Isaiah is saying to Ahaz, he's like, hey, 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 hold up. I know you're a bozo leader. I know you don't fear God. I know you don't listen to God. You don't fear God. You're a bozo. I get it. But here's what's going on. The reason you don't have to worry, Ahaz, about the attack and the threat of attack that's coming from the Assyrians is this. The Messiah is coming. Now, you didn't get it yet, but you're feeling it. The Messiah is coming. And the Messiah is coming through Judah. And the Messiah is coming through the house of David. you got to grab a hold of this. What he's saying is, I've got a word from God that you need to rest assured, Ahaz. Nothing's going to happen on this watch because God has an ultimate plan. God has an ultimate purpose. And this sign is going to come through Judah, through the house of David. And it's not happened yet. So if it hasn't happened, guess what? You can just rest assured, peace is here. Some of you are hearing this more than a historical gathering. I think you're hearing it prophetically. You need to be hearing this prophetically. I'm telling you, you need to be hearing this prophetically right now. This is a prophetic word to our nation. Now, I'm preaching to victory, but this is, this is a prophetic word. Oh, I'm just going to say tonight, Washington, D.C., will not stop God's ultimate plan and His Word. It will not stop His ultimate Word over this nation that He is in covenant with and that our founders gave themselves to a living covenant with God, proclaiming that this would be a nation that would send forth the gospel to the ends of the earth and the ends of this continent. Oh! I got to say it again. God knows what was stolen from the destiny of this, this country. God knows what was stolen from this nation, from the citizens of this land. Not just Donald John Trump, but from this nation. He knows. And rest assured, righteous retribution is coming. God is not late. God is not late. God is right on time. God is right on time. God is right on time. God is never late. He's never late. I'm not talking about a political victory. I'm talking about the victory of our king, the only one that can do it. I, I got to say it again. Ladies and gentlemen, I pray for President Trump all the time, but I'm not living for his return. I've been living for the return of my king my whole life, my whole life. 
But we are in preparation time for the greatest outpouring of the glory of God. In this nation and in the nations of the earth before we just slip right in and we're coming in too now. It's here. The harvest of the ages is here. I love what you proclaim, Shane. We're entering into it now. Well, I'm trying to preach it. The people are talking to me. Come on. This is... (laughs) Woo! Yeah! (laughs) Yeah! I'm not nervous. I'm not nervous. I'll have what she's having. (laughs) Listen to this. This same sign is for <laughs> is for our lives today. What am I saying to you and I tonight? I'm saying that Satan's plan cannot prosper against you because the Son of God has been sent forth. I'm telling you, the Son of God has been manifested. The Son of God has been manifested. The Son of God was set forth from the Father. The Son of God was sent forth from the Father. And He has made you His tabernacle. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of this generation. And you need to know tonight, you need to rest assured tonight, the enemy cannot take you out, beloved. You can take yourself out by doing something really dumb. But the enemy has no authority to take you out. So Isaiah is saying, Ahaz, you're fretting. Ahaz, you're fretting, you're worrying. But I got a word for you. And the word of the Lord is this, the Messiah is coming. And here's the sign. He's going to come through a virgin. She's going to give birth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you getting this, guys? He's saying to the tribe of Judah, the house of David, there's no way the enemy can take you out. Because God hasn't completely fulfilled His will yet. He has the final say. He has the final say. We are seeing the manifestation of the fullness of the harvest of insanity. I mean, insanity. Insanity. I mean, the cliffs of insanity. (laughs) Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't. And it's okay. We're seeing the harvest of the age grow. We're seeing insanity. And all the while, God's not white-knuckling the throne right now. He's not nervous. He's not calling an emergency meeting with Gabriel and Michael. Man, we got to have an emergency meeting. What are we going to do? we we got to react. Oh, my gosh, we got to react to what the enemy's doing. No, no, no. He's sitting in heaven laughing. 
Oh, he's sitting in heaven laughing. He's going, yeah, yeah, everything's unfolding to the power of my word. Everything. Everything. See, we have to be anchored in a higher authority. Because if we're not anchored in the word of the Lord and the higher authority, we're going to be duped in this time. Here's some amazing facts tonight about the awe and the wonder of Christmas in Jesus. I want you to write it down. It's so simple. God became human. Write it down. God became human. I want you to say that tonight. This is powerful and we, we need to take hold of it. John chapter 1 and verse 14, put it in your notes tonight. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This blows my mind. Honestly, guys, this blows my mind. God became flesh. God became human, and it marked all of history of all time. It's not the lights. It's not all of that. Christmas is about this powerful, extraordinary revelation. God became human. God became human and walked in flesh. He took on flesh and walked on this earth. Matthew chapter 1 verse 20. It says, while they thought about these things, behold, the angel of the Lord, he appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. You got to grab hold of this. Theology is the study of God. It's the study of God's person. It's the study of God's characteristics. It's the study of God's nature. There is no greater wonder. There is no greater study on earth in this dimension than for men to begin to study the very character and nature and attributes of a living God. That's what theology is. One of my favorite authors, A.W. Tozer. How many of you have ever heard of A.W. Tozer? If you haven't, Buy yourself a Christmas gift. It doesn't matter what book. You, he's written tons. Just buy yourself one. You're welcome. Merry Christmas. That's my gift to you tonight. God became human. And this is where we have to go in our theology. This is so powerful. God dwelt among us. Jesus came to reveal the Father. It's fascinating. You've seen me then be assured you have seen the Father. Now, there's an attack right now in our generation that we are seeing mounting against the very deity of Jesus and the humanity of Jesus. And I want to go here tonight because this is intense. We saw this last night on the streets. There were so many more of our team that didn't even share. There was just a few that got up to share. We, we had a whole host of people. But we came up against this last night. And w what do we come up against? That, well, we were told that Jesus was a good man, but not the Son of God. We were told Jesus was a good messenger, but not the Son of God. We were told Jesus was a good prophet last night, but not the Son of God. I, I got to tell you, nope. Nope. He's all those things, but he is the Son of God. He is the Son of Man. He is the Son of David. He is the Son of Abraham. Jesus is God in the flesh. He's the God-man. 
He's the God-man. He became flesh. He dwelt amongst us. This is so powerful. John chapter 1, verse 1. God became human. Here we go. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Grab a hold of it. The Word was God. He was he was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. And in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Guys, when you see the lights this year, I want this revelation to come alive in you. That the God-man became flesh, and He dwelled in darkness. The light of the world came and manifested himself in darkness. Grab a hold of it. Matthew 16, verse 13. Come on, go there with me. Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? The Son of Man am. Catch this tonight. The Son of Man and so they said, well, some say that you're saying, I don't know, they say you're John the Baptist, Elijah, others are saying that you're Jeremiah, or that you're, you're one of the prophets. And he said, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Notice that. It's tied together. Son of man, son of God. Did you see it? Son of man, son of God. He said, you're the God man. You're born of woman, but you've come from God. He says, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, Simon. He said, this is a revelation that was given to you by my Father in heaven. you got to make it personal tonight. you got to make it personal. Because your answer to Jesus' question determines your eternal destiny. Your answer to this question, who do you say that I am? Oh, he's a good prophet. He's a good messenger. He was a good man. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not the correct answer. Jesus was probing. Who has revelation? And Peter speaks up. It was by revelation. And every one of you, I could throw this microphone around this room. And you could share of the power of the testimony of revelation that came into your spirit. And you were far from God. You were bound in change. You were bound in darkness. And Jesus came in and transformed you from a slave to a son and a son of righteousness. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. This is a big deal. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. It's called the Immaculate Conception. Well, Brian, I don't, I don't even know what that means. Well, sure you do. You walk into somebody's house and you say, your house looks immaculate. Immaculate means what? It means perfectly clean, purely set in place. Jesus' birth came forth by the Holy Spirit. It was perfectly clean. It was immaculately clean, completely pure. Matthew, eight, uh, Matthew 1 and 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ is as follows. After his mother was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together in intimacy, remember that, she was found with child by the Holy Spirit. What am I getting at tonight? The egg was from a woman, but the seed was not from a man. This is powerful. The egg was from a woman, but the seed was not from a man. The seed came forth by the Holy Spirit. This is extraordinary. This is so important. 
I can't go long into this. You can look at it, put it in your notes later, or read it later. It's, it's Deuteronomy chapter 5. And it talks a lot about the seed of iniquity from the fathers going to the third and the fourth generation. Of course, we've come through the blood of Christ, so every curse has been cut off your life. Notice that it came through the father. The iniquity of the fathers was passed through three to four generations. Now, and, and so all the women are saying, yep, yeah, that's right. I knew it all along. I, I knew it was him. It wasn't me. <laughs> Some of you, are you're not even getting that joke. Okay. Wake up. Hey, hey. Okay. The seed was incorruptible. I want you to write it down. The seed was incorruptible. Jesus was incorruptible. He was fully God. He was fully man, but he could not be corrupted. The seed was incorruptible. This is so power, powerful. Jesus is fully God. He's fully human. This is the deity of Christ. This is our theology. Fully God, fully human. The deity of Christ. Born of a woman. What does that mean? Son of man. Born of a woman. What does it mean? Son of man. Yet by the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Son of God. Grab a hold of it. See, this is what separates Christianity from every other religion. And honestly, I hate to even compare us to any other religion because religion, religion is man's failed attempts to try to get to God through their own works. And it's frivolous. It comes to nothing. Religion is God grap- is man grappling for God. And it reveals our failed attempt to actually get to God. But Christianity is God reaching towards men and taking hold of man in its grip, in Christ, in a covenant, unbreakable love. That's what Christianity is. Take hold of this tonight. I had this thought, no other religion can say our founder is God. Isn't that good? Incorruptible seed. When you and I were born again, when we came into Christ, when we became believers, you were born of the incorruptible seed. This supersedes you being demonically terrorized by all your generational line. You got a Bible for that? Well, yeah, yeah, I do. Let's go there. First Peter chapter 1. Verse 23, 1 Peter chapter 1, put it in your notes, verse 23. Having been born again, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. When you became, when you walked into faith in Christ, you were born of the incorruptible seed of God and you were taken out of every generational bondage and sin that so tormented and perverted your mom, your aunts, your grandma. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's good news. We've been taught something completely different in religion. We're spinning out for years in counseling because of lack of revelation. Oh, here we go. Brian's on the floor. I'm going to run these chairs before it's all said and done. We're spinning out 
We're spinning out and wasting a lot of time in counseling because of lack of revelation. I'm going to say this over and over, and I'm going to keep pounding the hammer of the Word of God. Revelation is what establishes authority. Say it with me. Revelation is what establishes authority. Say it again. Revelation is what establishes authority. That means when you, let me say it to you like this. Jesus had to become flesh. The Word of God has to become flesh on the inside of you. What I'm saying is it has to become a living reality. Because if you don't know what, you, what belongs to you, if you don't know what your inheritance is, the enemy can ambush you your entire Christian life trying to fulfill something that was already given to you through an inheritance. I'm doomed to fail. I'm doomed to fail. My dad fell to this. My mom fell to this. They had this disease. I can't prosper. My family only made so much money. God hasn't given me a great mind. I'm doomed, I'm doomed to get sick. I'm doomed to be abandoned. I'm, I'm doomed to be forsaken by friends and not having, having relationships. I can see it all through my family line. I'm just telling you the lies that the enemy tells you. Are you hearing me? Revelation establishes authority. So revelation of your inheritance that you have been born of the incorruptible seed of God will save you from a wasteful Christian life of wasting time of trying to untie yourself from all the inside knots. Okay, some of you believe it. Some of you are trying to believe it. I can feel that in the atmosphere. I'm not judging that by claps. There's no, there's no greater revelation to this. God became human. God became human. I want to say this tonight. Jesus, no. God did not send someone else to redeem you. He had to come himself. He did not send someone else to redeem you. He had to come himself. This is a very powerful point that I want to make tonight. Justice had to be fully paid for our sins. Justice had to be fully paid for our sins. And the sins that we committed against God ourselves, God could only pay that debt himself. Now, I want you to think about this thought. Are you still with me? Come on, are you still with me? I said I was going to go short, and I, I repent. I fibbed. <laughs> I, I know so many in this room believe that God just dismissed their sins. But God didn't dismiss your sins. He paid for them himself. Oh, and there's a massive difference, ladies and gentlemen. He did not dismiss his, our sins. He paid for them through the gift of all that heaven had to give in the consummation of Jesus to go through the most brutal, horrific crucifixion on a cross as a human, as a man, the God-man, who became fully human, 
who knew what it was like to suffer, who knew what it was like to be tempted, who knew what it was like to be forsaken, who knew what it was like to be shamed. And he went through the most brutal crucifixion. Why? To dismiss our sins? No, 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 no. To pay for them himself. Pay for them himself. you got to grab hold of this. Here's my second big point tonight. Are you ready for it? God became human. Brian, you've already said that. I know. Write down the word human. Write down the word human. Are you ready? Jesus was born human. That means that Jesus had a family. He had friends. He had a city that he lived in. Some of you, Doug, with me, many of you, we walked through the city where Jesus lived. We walked through Nazareth, didn't we? We walked through a region called Galilee. Our feet were on that soil just as Jesus' feet were on that soil. He was really a man. He came from a city. He had a family. He had friends. He had places that he ministered in. He marched through Jerusalem just like we did. He was human. This is fascinating. The creator stepped in to creation. Yet, he was not defiled. He remained perfect. Read it with me one more time. John 1.14, and the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Go to 1 John chapter 4. Put it in your notes. 1 John chapter 4, verse 2. But by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come. How? In the flesh is of God. Catch that. Catch that. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ came in the flesh means he became human. Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh is not of God. Wow, there it is. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you heard that was coming, but it's now, it's already in the world. 1 John, put it in your notes, chapter 1, verse 7. I'm sorry, 2 John. 2 John, chapter 1, verse 7. For there are many deceivers that have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. you got to catch that. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Now, why is that a big deal? Why is it such a big deal that the apostles are writing to us and saying it's so important that you must believe that Jesus came in the flesh, that he became human? Why is that so important? Because if Jesus didn't come in true humanity, then Jesus' death on the cross was not real. Are you hearing me tonight? A human had to pay for my sins. A human had to pay for our sins. Jesus really suffered. Jesus really did bleed, guys. He really suffered. He really bled. He suffered horrendous pain. He he was sacrificed as the Lamb of God, the God-man. I'm speaking to you about Christmas tonight. This is what Christmas is about. Because everything changed when the God-man took on flesh. Grab a hold of this. Here's the really great news. Because he was fully human, he really was raised from the dead. He was really raised from the dead to redeem us. How did he do it? 
He became a man. I remember telling Josiah, I mean, my, my son's a man now, but when he was very young, I remember telling him there would be no Superman without the Bible. And he got it immediately. I just remember his eyes. The God-man came into the earth realm given by the Father. Now I'm going to read, and I'm just about done. I'm going to read out of Hebrews 2, and I want you to go there. Hebrews is one of the most rich books of theology. And actually, it's a very intense book. It's a rigorous book. And that's why you've got to study it. You've got to, you've got to study it, guys. You've got a deep-sea dive. You've got a really deep-sea dive, the book of Hebrews. It's loaded and packed with theology about the nature of God, the character of God, the aspects of God. And so I'm going to read this tonight out of the New Living Translation just to help us. And I, I love the New Living Translation, the NLT. Because I'm, I'm in verse 14. Did I tell you that? 214. Is it behind me? Let's do it. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood. The son also became flesh and blood for only as a human being could he die and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death notice that that is in the past tense tonight can you shout the victory right here he became a human to destroy and deal with the one who had the power of death but no longer does he have the power of death over you. My God. What does this mean? It means the enemy does not have the power of death over any believer. He can't take you out prematurely. Oh, my. Verse 15, read it with me. Only in this way could he set all who have lived their lives as a slave to the fear of dying. Wow. Read it with me one more time. Only in this way could he set all of those who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Oh, you better believe, brother. You are no longer a slave to fear. Brian, can it be possible? Here we are in the most epic upheaval time of our history. Of what we've seen in our lives, you're no longer a slave to fear. You don't have to be led astray and duped by fear. You have become a son of God, and the enemy can't take you out before your time. Whew. Verse 17, I'm going on, and I'm, I'm rounding third and sliding head first into home base. This is awesome. Guys, Christmas is this. God became human. God became human. What's the message? God became human. He revealed himself. And he paid the debt for all humanity. Verse 17. Therefore it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself had gone through the suffering and the testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. Whew. Somebody needs that tonight. 
Somebody needs that tonight. I guarantee everybody in this room needs this tonight. Jesus understands what we are facing in this life. Jesus knew what it, what it meant to be tired. He did. He knew what it, what it meant to be tempted. He knew what it meant to be under attack. Here's something even far greater. Jesus knows what it's like to literally face death. Yet was fully obedient to his father. He knows what it's like. He was sent forth as the son of God to become the son of man, born of a virgin. To give his life as a ransom for our sins. That if we would simply believe and put our faith in him. It doesn't, salvation doesn't mean that you have perfect theology. Are you with me? Sometimes we are so wrapped up in our theology. And I love theology. And you need to have your theology in order. But sometimes we are so inroads of fighting. Let me give you an example. Are you pre-trib? Are you mid-trib? Are you post-trib? Are you pan-trib? I want to tell you what we do at this church. We don't fight one another over that. We don't argue. We don't wrestle one another over that. There's no time for that. There's no time for that. We're at the most urgent crossroads of, of our time. Okay? There's no need to be fighting inroads of all of that. No, no, no. You're not saved because you have perfect theology. You're saved because you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and a revelation came into your spirit. That Jesus is the Son of God. He is greater than just a good messenger, a good prophet, a good man. He's the Son of God. He's the Son of Man. And He holds all authority and all power because God manifested His power in this, that He raised His Son up from the dead and he raised you and I up together and made us sit with him in heavenly places this is the gospel of glory I close with this scripture tonight from the prophet Isaiah one of the most famous scriptures of all of Christmas Isaiah 9 and verse 6 for unto us a child is born. What does that mean? A human. Unto us a son is given. Do you see it? Do you see it? The human. The child was born. He became human. Unto us a son is given. You see it? The son of God. Here's the awe and the wonder of, of Christmas tonight, guys. It's the glory of God that he gave his only beloved son. That if we would believe, we would not perish, but we will have everlasting life. Jesus Christ will return triumphantly, victoriously. I believe in our lifetime. I believe in our lifetime. I believe in our lifetime. He's coming triumphant. I pray. My wife and I, my, my wife is helping our children's staff tonight, our team over there. But my wife and I pray. That you have a miracle Christmas of revelation. 
that when you open up the scriptures and when you open up the scriptures with your family and you open up the scriptures with your children or your grandchildren or you open your scriptures alone, that you sit under an open heaven and the angels of God ascend and descend over you and the Lord overwhelms you afresh, overtakes you afresh and that this Christmas doesn't just roll by and you don't feel the weightiness and the gravity of what we're talking about tonight. I pray the spirit of revelation is given to you as a gift. It becomes all fresh and new. He's the God who makes all things new. He's so good. I want you to stand tonight. Cody, I want you to come. It's been a powerful night. I know we've went late, and I'm glad that we do Saturday night church so we can go late. So many people have asked me, are we ever going to become Sunday morning? I don't really know. I, I really don't know. <laughs> Brian, what about when we get our building? Well, I, I have faith for more than Sundays. I think we're going to be going a lot of days. God's getting us ready, guys. We're in preparation time. I just want you to put your hands out in front of you tonight to receive from the Lord. It is my privilege to preach the word of God to you. I love being a messenger of the Lord. I love being a messenger. I love the privilege of preaching the gospel. And I love that I've been able to preach the word of the Lord to you for this Christmas. I bless you in the name of the Lord. I bless your spirit tonight to drink in of the goodness of God and the love of God. The covenant of God that, that the Lord cut with you and entered you into the family of God with an inheritance that is eternal. Nothing can steal it from you. Nothing can take it away from you. You are in God's grip. You are in God's hand. Nothing can sift you and take you out of His hand. You belong to Him. You are sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Your life is predestined of God. You are chosen. You are the beloved of God. You're the blessed and the favored of God. You are so loved. Man of God, I speak to you tonight. You are so loved by our Father. Woman of God, I speak over your life and destiny. You are so loved and celebrated by our Heavenly Father. Tonight, if you're in this room, I don't know everyone in this room, but if, if you're in this room and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, tonight is the night. Today is the day of salvation. I implore you, I implore you as a man of God, Tonight is the night to give your life to Jesus Christ. If you come in victory tonight and you've once walked with God, your heart was once on fire for God, but somehow it grew cold. You went through something difficult. You went through something you can't even hardly explain to people and you fell away, but you, you know in your heart you're coming back tonight. If you're one of those people, I want to give my life to the Lord tonight, Brian. 
or if I was I once loved the Lord, walked with the Lord, knew the Lord, but I fell cold. My heart fell cold. I fell away. And I'm returning to the Lord tonight. I am recommitting my life tonight. If you're one of those people, I just want you to wave at me so I can see you, so I know you're in the building. And I promise I won't embarrass you. I just need to know if you're in the building tonight. Okay. Well, we're amongst all family tonight. Everybody who's ready. Can we shout a victory shout in this house? Come on. I want our altar team to prepare themselves right now. If you have any level of need tonight, if you need a, if you need a healing in your body, if you need a miracle in your body, we want to pray for you. You're in, you're in a house of miracles. You're in a house of healing. You're in a house of encounter with God. Tonight we want to pray for you. I want the altar team to go ahead and begin to come. Just, just fill up the altar here. Let's get ourselves ready to minister to the people tonight. If you have any level of need that we can come into agreement, there's going to be words of life that are released over you tonight. Words of life, words of empowerment, hands laid upon you for miracles. So Father, in the name of Jesus, as we open the altars, we decree miracles. I want our altar team just lift your hands with me. Hallelujah. We decree miracles right now. We decree miracles. We decree healing in Jesus' name. Words of life to come. Empowerment to come. Nourishment from the Holy Spirit to come to every one of the family members tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Guys, if you need prayer for anything tonight, we're here. We're not in a hurry to get the lights off and leave, as you can tell. We're here for you. We love you. On the behalf of my wife and I, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. An immeasurable favor upon you in Jesus' name. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.